What's up, y'all? Hope up, Jesus. We back. Another uncomfortable conversation on this wonderful Friday night, people. I got a very, very special guest for you today. I got you all night. I got I got y'all all night. Cause after this, after this, oh, it gets, oh, it gets it gets much deeper. We'll be right here on my channel. We'll be talking to uh the black conservatives, many of who have visited to go see uh President Trump in the White House. So that's gonna be lit. But um we're gonna be talking about uh the recent deaths we saw in the media people murdered in, in, in Georgia. Um, but it seems to be a little bit of a divide amongst the black conservatives. Some are going left and uh, some are going right. Hold tap to the homies in the box. I see y'all tweeting. Shout out to the homie Dutch. Hold up. I'm on the... Um, yo, shout out to the people in the box. Trisha, congratulations. You are now a moderator. Wait, where's Dutch? Dutch, congratulations. You are now a moderator. Appreciate you, yo. Appreciate you. Uh, Matthew Erickson, 199 Super Chat. He said, oh, I'm ready for this conversation. It's going to be good. Shout out to Matthew Erickson um, for actually, you know, putting this together, for uh, connecting us. That's the, that's the good homie. When I was on Joe Rogan, I went out to California to go meet him. That's good peoples out there. Real, real good peoples. Um, tonight we're talking about pornography. I got a very, very special guest uh, who's uh, who knows the subject well, knows the subject so well. She was deep inside. She was, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> she used to work for Playboy. We got Miss Emily Gaudron. Now she tried to she 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 tell, told me how to pronounce her name. <laughs> Immediately being a pothead and I am, I just thought, you know, got dro. Like do you got hydro, hydroponics, <laughs> got dro. But it's Miss uh, Emily Gadro. Hello, how are you? I'm good. You nailed it. That was perfect. And awesome. um I'm hooked. I'm gonna be here. I gotta listen in on what you gotta be what you're gonna be talking for the rest of the night. Uh oh. I love I got, it. I got I got stuff to do, but I'm I'm I don't know how I'm gonna get Peel away from listening to you. So, you know, just, you know, find something constructive to do around the house. Just turn it on and just let it be in the background. And when it captures your attention, come on over. You know, we're, we're very great. Listen, you know, in the background, you're cleaning up and stuff like that. But yeah, tonight's going to be super lit. You know, it might, it's yeah, going to, there might be some, um, some shots thrown. <laughs> but Emily, where, where are you from? Where are you, where are you uh, based out of? I was born and raised in Colorado. Um, but I, I pretty much ran away. I, I moved out when I was 15. And as soon as I got out of high school, I bought a one-way ticket to England and took off. Um, How'd you do that? They, 15? You got a passport? They, well, not at 15. After high school. At 15, I oh. moved out of my house. And then oh, okay. after I got out of high school, then I, then I took off. Oh. But um, yeah, and I hitchhiked around Europe and uh, I went to art school in Manchester, UK. That was awesome. And then uh, became a commercial and editorial photographer. So like after 9-11, I did a bunch of editorial work in Muslim East Africa, kind of documenting what was going on there. And uh -oh. 
Yeah, uh -oh. good times, man. <laughs> what, 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 what you know about Muslim East Africa? Uh, I know that they were pretty stoked to have those towers blasted down. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I else? I mean, honestly, like, look at me. I, I, I had no business being in Muslim, <laughs> Muslim East Africa, you know, especially after 9-11. They were like, don't go there. So that's where I went, of course. <laughs> um, but it's funny because I was in art school leading up to it. Okay. And I had a mohawk. You know, I mean, it wasn't a crazy, you know, it was like, you know, whatever, arty faux hawk. And I shaved my head real short and I was worried because I was like, I'm going to this like conservative country and, you know, how are they going to take a woman with a shaved head? But they were so appreciative. I wore traditional clothing covered up and my shaved head, which is how the women wear their, wear their hair there. So they would just like take me in and like the kids are rubbing my head and they were like, thank you, thank you so much. They, it was this weird connect connection between me and the women is my shaved head. I would have never, I thought it was gonna get me into trouble and it was just the opposite, it was so weird. Is, is it because they're not allowed to shave their hair? It's just feminine to have short hair. It's it? masculine to have long hair. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So okay. the the women wear it really tight and neat and beautiful, and the men grow, you know, grow it out. Oh. It's just not. I don't know. I'm from Colorado. I I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> I don't know cool. nothing that's about cool. that. Yeah. That's dope. But um, not as cool. So you were who were you working for when you were doing that work in Africa? So that was freelance, and then I would yeah. basically meant that I funded it, which like on a shoestring and then tried to sell my images to Associated Press. So, um, you know, I, one specific time there was a real hot spot or like, uh, they were really looking for a lot of images when we were in Kenya and, um, in Nairobi. And apparently there was a riot and they wanted pictures of the riot. And I was like, well, there's no riots here. They were like, oh, there's a riot. And there's, you know, Americans being drugged behind trucks through Nairobi. And the what? only thing that was there is the, the locals, one of they were comedians and they would do whiteface oh. and they do this comedy show and they'd make fun of the white, you know, like it was a hilarious comedy show in the middle of the street. So they're laughing, they're going like this and I have pictures of them. I mean, they all got really quiet when I came over, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, you know, I got, I don't, I don't have pictures of riots, but I have groups of people and, uh, one of the newspaper companies bought it. And, um, I don't even remember which one it was like a little, like nothing, none of the big ones. And they got my picture of these people just laughing at this comedian, cropped it super tight and made it look like it was this riot. <sighs> And I was like, come on guys. It was so, it was probably, it was the most disappointing thing. I'm, you know, I'm out photo, like <laughs> trying to contribute to the like news and provide factual information. And they've got, I'm like, no, they're, they're making fun of us. That's what's happening. <laughs> That's not a riot. <laughs> they, they took your, your innocent image and turned it into fake news. Yeah. Cropped it really tight. Oh my God. That's to where there was a guy who was jumping up and laughing. Um, and he kind of had like, is it like, was giving me the side eye, like, 
are you cool just like making fun of white people? Right. Um, and so it looked like it was an aggressive, you know, stance. And um, yeah, that's the one they got and cropped it tight and continued to talk about the riots that weren't happening in Nairobi. Wow. What up, homie? He said, blessing big brother and all in the chat. High favor, strong immunity. If this situation hasn't shown folk that they need to stay with it, nothing will. Looking forward to tonight's conversations. Oh, yeah. Stick around. We got more to come after this. Mike Larry, appreciate you. Thank you for the love. Um, so yeah, so oh wow, that's that's crazy. It's funny, man. right? Yeah, so so how all right, so how do you end up at Playboy? So after I got done doing my documentary work, I had a few experiences like that. I call it the two types of photography is like hunting, where you're like looking for atrocities. You know, that's that's what the news want, is you're constantly on the lookout for despair and sadness and violence. You're on the hunt for it. It's ridiculous. And then there's the other type where it's the gatherer, where you're like, you're going to stand here and you're going to look over this way. And we're going to pretend like everything's happy and sunshiny. And when I get, you know, say three, you all smile and jump in the air. That's like gathering. We're going to gather our pieces to create an image. So I went from hunter to gatherer photography and uh, I got hired by Playboy to kind of document their events in a gatherer sort of way. Okay. Um, and honestly, I'll be straight up with you. They were the tamest. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, you hear about Playboy parties. I mean, maybe, maybe somewhere at some point there was some crazy stuff going on, but this was like the most tame situation. It gets crazier or it did get crazy, you know, on Friday nights, you know, downtown in LA, people had less clothing on than they did at this event. Yeah, um, Hollywood. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's it was totally uh, well managed. Some of the best people I've ever worked with in the industry were managing it. I mean, Playboy, they're not stupid. They've been doing this for a while. They hire good, respectful, calm, nice human beings to work on the production side. Okay. And then the girls are, you know, they're they're not looking for calm, cool, respectable <laughs> girls. <laughs> That's a whole different different roundup. But yeah, yeah, so I documented events for them. Event photography. Yeah. That's dope. Kind of All right. So, you know, I just got my mind going real quick. So what are you shooting with? Canon, Nikon? What are you shooting with? Oh, Nikon. Yeah. I've been my dad gave me my first camera and it's been Nikon the whole way. But I'll I'll be honest with you. The last shoot that I did for Playboy, put the camera away, haven't haven't taken it out since. Really? I have no desire to do any photography at all. Just die. Done. Just hit the wall. Yeah, you know, I had one one moment when, you know, when you're looking through the camera, you're a photographer, right? I used to be. Okay, so you get it. Like when you're looking through the camera, you got to turn off all your other senses so you can tell how that image is going to turn out. So you, you can't, you shut down your ears and your feeling and everything and just focus on that like one dimensional image and you're capturing microseconds, you know, one sixtieth of a second or whatever. And I just caught this look in this girl's eyes and uh, I got home, I, you know, I saw it at the time and then I got home and I processed the images and was editing and I didn't know what it was at the time but it struck me as like not 
Like I felt like I was victimizing her just by taking that photo. Yeah. She was totally clothed. I mean, and she just had like the little bunny outfit on. It really, I mean, it's more, not even like a bikini has more skin showing. Right. And it took me a while, but years later, I figured out that that was trauma. And oh. now that I work with victims of sexual abuse, I see it. And every time I see it, it's the same look. It's the same flavor. Um, and it just completely changed my perspective on pornography, even though that wasn't like hardcore pornography. And then I realized like 90% of the people, 99.9% .9 of the people who end up in pornography were sexually abused as kids. Oh. So, you know, in my mind at the time, I was like, oh, everybody's got a choice. They can be here if they want to be, you know, they're empowered to do what they want with their bodies. We're all cool, which, you know, is the case. But a choice was made for them early on that they didn't have any power in that led them into a trajectory where this is where they felt they belong, you know? Yeah. So um, that feeling of that they have the choice to be there kind of got a little bit warped or, you know, just twisted. I was like, is it a choice? So that is it a choice anymore, you know? Yeah, so that look in her eyes. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, man. You know, sometimes you see something in somebody's eyes where they don't want to be somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you can see that pain. So then after yeah. that, you just put it down, huh? Done. I went home, processed the photos, and it. boom, done. Wow. Is that what led to your work? that you're doing now or? You know, it's it's one of, you know, all of us, when you like, how, how did you end up here? It's like, a, you yeah. know, it's, you look back and there's these bits and pieces that happen. And when I was uh, in, gosh, I think we were in third grade, my best friend would tell me about this stuff that was happening in her house. And oh, I, her, neither her, I knew that what was going on wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. but it was her mom was sexually abusing her and telling her that these things, you know, we're doing this because you're so mature. You're so physically mature and mentally mature. This is how it happens. She would tell me about these things. And I had, I was, yeah, well, that must be the case. We never thought to tell anybody else. She ended up growing up to be a stripper. She was extremely promiscuous in school, like textbook. Mm. And I thought, man, if I had known, I, we could have saved her. Right. You know, and right. it's, you know, it was such an untypical situation as well. But I, my parents let me go and spend the night at her house. You know, I was over at her house all the time. You didn't suspect anything? No. Wow. Or my parents didn't. I knew exactly what was going on because she was telling me all the time. Right, 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 right. But I, when you're in third grade. And right, you don't get what's what I'm like, oh, yeah, that, I guess that's what happened. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that's like one of the things that haunts me. And then I've had people close to me that were abused. And um, then the real catalyst that made me go, all right, who, who the hell is going to do something about this? Somebody do something. Right. Um, uh, somebody in my circle's daughter was you know, at, she was at school. She was, I think she was like, uh, I think she had just gone into junior high. Anyways, the FBI calls her parents and says, Hey, so here's the deal. Your daughter's been in contact with this sexual predator. 
with this pedophile and we've been watching the conversation and he has scheduled to meet her at school after school today. So when he comes over, when she goes over to meet him and he shows up, we scoop, we go in and we need you to be on the sidelines to get your daughter. And okay. it was like, she was getting ready. She was that close to meeting up with a pedophile after school. And it was intervened and it was like, who's going to stop this? Like, what are we going to do here, folks? Mm. And there was story after story after that, that I was like, all right, holy cow. Mm. Mm. Yo, you see the new um thing they call it maps. Mm -mm. What's that maps? What the, wow. Uh, I think it's, uh, but I mean like Google maps. I, I know that. <laughs> I think minor age or minor age attracted. They're trying to rename pedophilia. Oh. Uh, and I think this is new. The chat would know. The chat, chat, help me out. Y'all know that. Y'all know the acronym, man. My my mind's slipping me. Yeah, and, there was something for it was like young men and boy um, oh, love that's or something. Nambla. That's Nambla, I believe. Yeah. Um, I forget what that's called, but I think that's Nambla. Yep. Um yeah um how much do you think this stuff ties into you know the lgbt community i think they're to i think it's totally separate okay um i don't um there's like no connection between pedophilia is kind of its own its own deal you know and it's what's hard is a lot of uh, not a lot of people <laughs> making blanket statements here, but there are some people who are twisted enough to go, you know, this is my, this is my sexual preference. We need to have it categorized in, you know, instead of uh, sexual dysfunction or um, disorder, have it categorized as a sexual preference like the LGBTQ community. And I'm going to fight tooth and nail and I'm sure they will too, you know, hell no, we can't have that lumped in there. This is a predatorial victimization. It is not a consensual, you know, I, I'm assuming if you're part of the LGBTQ community, con uh, consent is a huge part of that all the way through it. Right. Um, where that, where it's almost like rape, rape being your sexual preference. Yeah. Ooh, like, no, I mean, they're, ra they're raping children because they, they're, there's no consent there. So. Right. Right. Um, now there's some education, some sexual education going into the schools that's happening. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So this is, this is this bizarre road I've been going, going down lately. Cause I don't like to spread misinformation. So people are like, ah, oh, they're teaching kids how to have, um, anal sex and blah, blah, blah in the schools. And, Somebody said, Emily, they're teaching them what blood play, fisting, like all these things are. <laughs> and I'm like, no way. <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely no way. No way. That's a bunch of BS, like right. not believing it. It's true. And it took me a while to figure out and dig because, you know, they're not going to be like, here's part of our curriculum and this is the fisting part. And then this is the whatever and the blood play. Um, what it is, is there, there's a book, uh, there's a, a book written by the gal who has Scarlet Teen is a website Okay. and her books are used 
in as part of the sex education. And the first page, the intro of that is talking about blood play. What's that? Blood. Okay. So that's why I, I looked it up. I'm like, Oh, maybe it's like when somebody's on their period. No, it's cutting. It's cutting and playing and having sex and blood. What the fuck? That's crazy. Okay. So here's the, here's how we've ended up here. And I'm a Christian, so I can bash on Christians a little bit is we hit this like ultra puritanical shame towards sexuality. Mm. And we're feeling the the rebound from that. There's this massive, massive pushback where they're like, um, uh, you can't say that uh, abstinence, the abstinence only education, all that kind of stuff, like get the Christianity out of there. Right. Um, but they're trying to do this inclusive education, which means LGBT plus whatever, they need to be educated on how to have sex as well as the heterosexuals. Now, so there's that, which is a lot. I mean, the, the way that two people can interact sexually is vast. Absolutely. <laughs> vast, you know, and it's also, um, sex positive, which is a, a slippery term to say the least, because when you're like, oh, we want it to be sex positive. We're like, yeah, that sounds good. Like we don't, there, we don't want shame. You know, there shouldn't be any weird stigma about it. We should be healthy, loving relationships and everybody having, if they have sex, it should be good sex. And there shouldn't be anything around that. Well, great in theory again, but if we're inclusive and sex positive, like whatever feels good to you, whatever your thing is. Right. And now we're entering into kink, right? Kink. kink. It's just like, like blood play. Okay. Or fisting or whatever. Like we're no longer talking about sex. Right. It, it's everything that can happen in between and how right. to do that safely and make sure nobody feels shamed. So the floodgates, like Pandora's box has been opened. Yeah. And the other part is the the teachers, bless their hearts, are told that the kids write their questions. What's this? What's that? What does this mean? 50 years ago, we would have been cool. It would have been a little rough. I mean, anybody who's got kids says like, do you have any questions about private parts? Go. I mean, you know, it's going right. to be like insane. <laughs> right. But now you have kids at home watching unfiltered pornography, bringing right. that into the classroom and having the teacher explain what these different things are that they've seen. Yeah. Um, to the on, in the in the classroom. Yeah. Which immediately brings it into that's rape. Yeah. If you you know like if this you know this has to be a certain level of consent to expose you know I look at that like when people just. Um, send unsolicited nudes. You know, that's that's a form of rape, yo. Yeah. I didn't consent to to looking at that nastiness. You know, where do you yeah. where do you stand when it comes to women? You know, they got this term called body count. Where do you where do you sit with women, you know, having, you know, being promiscuous and having partners and playing around before marriage and all of that? Mm. How do I feel about them? Young girls having sex a lot. Yeah. <laughs> High school age. You know, I think, I think it's, gosh, um, <laughs> it's heavy, right? It's a good one. Yeah. Um, because I wonder how, why the, are they getting to that place in the first, in the first place? You know, are they, 
what void are they trying to, are they trying to fit in or why are they feeling like, because I'll be honest, um, you ask any girl, woman, you ask any woman who like, I'm in my forties, what was sex like in high school? Was it good? Nah. <laughs> it's not because it's so great. Right. You know, it's like they're filling and nobody knows what they're doing. Right. It's like they're filling the void. And I think they're also fulfilling this image of this is how I am loved. Right. This, this is how I'm going to get attention. And uh, a lot of times um, I call it social grooming, you uh. know, to where girls feel like they have to be. Can I swear on your podcast? Yes, you can. Okay. Girls have to be fuckable or they're invisible. Oh, deep. And they, they know that they know these girls who are getting this, this attention. And, you know, even like um, halftime at the Super Bowl, there was this, you know, all this upheaval about how sexualized the show was. And um, there was a lot of women that were upset about it or people that were upset about it. And some are like, no, that's part of Latino culture is to have, you know, their butts shaken and you know, all this, all this stuff, like at the camera. Yeah. And then they bring the little girls on to the stage with, while this is happening, it's a message that if they're not looking like they are ready for sex, they're boring. And there's nothing worse to a teenager than being boring. Mm. They're invisible. Mm. So that's they, deep. you know, no. and a, a lot of pedophiles, you know, they're in prison and that's what they say is like, I didn't, I didn't have to groom. I didn't have to get them, you know, psychologically prepared for what I was going to do because society had already done it for me. Wow. That's crazy. Horrible. I, yeah. <clears throat> one, of, one of my homies was on Twitter. He posted a video. He was, it, it, it looked like he was breaking down into tears. I couldn't tell too hard. It was dark and he was inside his car, but he was worried about a video that his daughter saw on TikTok women you know shaking their ass his daughter's only like 10 years old and he's like yo what the f what the what the fuck like yo like like is this what i have to the world i have to bring my children up in and like you yeah. said this is a form of social grooming to where yeah. uh, oh, i think women are, are broken at a very young age and getting that your age is getting younger and younger which is where we get into the pedophilia being this okay thing <clears throat> when it's like the girls and I don't, I don't want girls to feel shamed of their bodies and like right. the short shorts and that kind of stuff. But, um, it's just who's driving the ship here, you know? Mm -hmm. And is this women are like, I can wear whatever I want. This is my body. And they're shaming. They're like these Muslim women, these poor Muslim women are, covered head to toe. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We're like butt ass naked on billboards everywhere. Like where's, who's respecting who? Like those are both extremes. Like I don't, right. you know, um, yes, women are, there's, there's a lot of difficult situations for women all over the world, but it's like, mm. it's not better. Yeah. Yeah. Or worse. You know, we don't have it better. You know, the thing is, a lot of people are Christian and, you know, even your Christian Bible will tell you about being, you know, about promiscuity. Tell you all about it. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, like you said, I think Christianity has done a very poor job of maintaining its traditions. I think I think uh, American culture would be a lot better off if we stuck to what the church traditionally 
you know, has set out for the family. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't get into religion too much, but I've noticed time and time again, that there's these, there's the, you know, the, the sins. And right. I'm talking about like, when we're talking about Jesus, I, I'm not going to talk outside of you. If we go old Testament, like that's a whole nother, that's right. a, that goes deep. Um, but when you sin, you, you watch the ramifications from it. You know, when you cheat, um, and you know, the effects from that just radiate through generations of trauma. You're like, oh yeah, just, it's just, they got divorced or whatever, you know, mm -mm. the kids, how it affects the kids. And it's just this like atomic bomb that radiates out. And it's so common right now. And it's like, it's not that, you know, you can look at, you know, everybody's got their own religious experience, but, um, you can look at it as a way of being your freedom and avoiding these, these painful experiences. It's, it's like a kid not, don't touch that hot stove. Like, no, really don't touch the hot stove. Oh, you touched the hot stove. I wish you didn't do that. You sinned. I hate that word. It's such, it's such a heavy word. That's but, um, mm -hmm. Okay. I love that word. That's why, you know, I'm just saying, you know, like your point is, is, is quite polarizing in my view, but I love when people come with these polarizing thoughts. It, it, it expands minds. That's, that's an interesting thought. Um, okay. I think it does put a lot of pressure on people, right? Yeah. And you know, it, it, there's like, we were talking about the sex education is the, that people were like masturbation was a sin, you know, and it, it really isn't that clear in the Bible that it's a sin. Okay. Um, fantasizing. Um, it says that, you know, if you, I, I need to, I did go to a Christian private school. <laughs> I don't have all my verses memorized, but, um, there is a verse about, you know, if you, um, basically if it's in your mind, you have done it, you know, right. and I think that's, that's where the, porno the pornography and the masturbation piece kind of runs in with the Bible, but shaming people for masturbation and like it, that's where people get heavy on the sin and the homosexuality and things like that. Um, mm. it's not done with a lot of love. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But it comes yeah. from humans, you know. Right, 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 right. We're very uh, flawed individuals. What do you think? Uh, what do you think are the long term effects of this? Especially when we're talking about children, what are the long term effects of, especially the society now, right? Like with the big booties on TikTok, and you know, and you see, you know about OnlyFans. You know, I, I'm going to confess, <laughs> I don't have an OnlyFans page. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> but uh I like funny memes and I think because of what I do I have to like everything is you know pretty conservative and like so I love really funny like adult memes and they talk about the fan onlys um I don't really know what that's about so basically it's a patreon like uh system where a creator can publish work where people pay based upon a monthly subscription business model so you can so, upload photos or videos. So it's or, your own porn site. Bingo. Okay. <laughs> it can be, right? Like Entrepreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can sell anything. Technically, you can sell anything, but that's what they're doing, particularly on OnlyFans. 
But Got you can it. do this on a bunch of different platforms. They're choosing to do this on OnlyFans, and OnlyFans has become synonymous with the online pornography culture, or I should say entrepreneurship side of things. Got it. Okay, that's what I suspected, but I, you know, I've been wrong. And it's you know, been, it's it's exploded. Even Jay Z had uh, Jay Z recently wrote a song for Beyonce, and Beyonce mentioned OnlyFans in the song. So it's it's definitely like pop culture now. Gosh, like where does it go? I don't. I um. I mean, right now I can tell you what I deal with personally right now. So we can get this and kind of unless we have a major shift in our culture, okay. Which we're starting to see some weird stuff going on with the COVID and how actually how quick it is to like censor things. Um, I have parents calling all the time whose their kids have seen pornography. And then they've acted that pornography out on other kids. And then their kids who were the perpetrators get put on the sex offender list. So we have this, again, it's like this atomic bomb of, so the people in the pornography were sexually abused as kids, most likely. Then the kids watch it. And as far as I'm concerned, they've been raped. And then they go and they do it to other kids. And then they get put on the sex offender registry, which is the atrocity of the sex offender registry is once you get on that, you're never coming off. Right. That's it. It is a life sentence. No matter where you work, where you go, you will get fired once they find out that you're a sex offender. Cause it, you could say, you know, well, I was five when it happened. It doesn't matter. We can't employ you. We can't be the one employer that has a, a sex offender. It doesn't matter. It's like this blanket thing. Right. Um, they can't live near schools. Most of the time they, they can't go in, like live with their families and they can't live. They can't go into homeless shelters either. Mm. They're screwed. They're right. done. Like that is, that's worse. As far as I'm concerned, that's worse than going to jail. So you're saying you can be registered as a sex offender in, you know, one of the minor ages. Like how young? There isn't a minimum age. I mean, I don't know what the lowest recorded one is, but I mean, there's tons of kids on there under the age of 18. And statistically, kids who offend before the age of 18 do not go on to reoffend, partly because they get the help that they need and they're, they've got malleable minds and they're easy to rehabilitate. Right. So they don't go on to reoffend. And I actually, a good friend of mine, <laughs> is a witch, a wicked, like not, I mean, like a Wiccan witch, like a true witch, full moon. She goes out naked, runs across the golf course at night okay. and goes in skinny dips. It was her like little Wiccan moon worshiping thing. <laughs> okay. She's just, she got caught and she's a sex offender. You, you urinate in a public place. You're a sex offender. If you get caught, you know, and you're not, it's not this, it's not divided up of, you know, here's the group of people who urinated in public. No, they're all sex offenders. Wow. <laughs> Even like streaking or anything like that is is put under sex offender. Right. That's and, crazy. And when it comes to sexual abuse prevention, people look at the sex offender writ list and they're like, oh, we're good. This person's good. No. <laughs> Just because they haven't gotten caught doesn't mean they're good. Right. And I mean, it's if somebody's a violent offender against children, um, 
I think that's good to know about, but they just, the parameters uh, of a sexual offender is any offense having to do with your sexual organs at all. Right. Which is pretty broad. So, um, yeah, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Super dangerous. You have this, uh, how to raise a maverick. What's that all about? Yeah. So that's my podcast and my, my website and the deal with a maverick. I don't know if you know the story of the original, not the Top Gun maverick. Oh, that's which the is first one came out. Was Tom exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Samuel Maverick was a rancher, um, like in the 1800s, and he didn't want to brand his cow cows. So he's basically people are like, he's lazy, whatever. He's like, I don't want to hurt the cows. He's like, my brand is the unbranded cow. Okay. And if you find a cow that doesn't have a brand on it, then it's mine. So it's how to raise a maverick is like how to raise kids that go out unbranded. You know, these cows are going out and they're mingling around, they're mixing in and they haven't been branded. They haven't been owned. They haven't been shaped by somebody else's perception of who they should be. Um, mm. Yeah. So raising mavericks who go out there and they're like, I'm going to be in society, but I'm not going to be of society. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think uh, homeschooling is imperative for an outcome like that? Or can people do that with public schooling? You know, That's a good question. Um, I don't know. You know, I was, I went to public school. I went to private school. I went to public school, but my parents were active. I mean, <laughs> every, every night at dinner, my dad was like up on the soapbox, like preaching, you know, whatever morality and politics and, you know, everything every night. So yeah, I think, I think you can, but you just have to teach him to question authority. Yeah. Like you, yeah, you can, uh, this is what I love appear to conform. You can uh. sit in that classroom and you can take that in and you can listen, but do you have to conform? No. Somebody tells you that's what my, my daughter's a free range kid. She rides her bike around. She goes somewhere she's not supposed to. Somebody's like, hey, get off those stairs. And I said, you don't have to do what people tell you to, but you can appear as though you're being respectful and say, okay, and move right along. Right. You know, you don't have to go into battle with them, even though you're in battle in your mind. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was talking about that earlier about uh, just being inconspicuous. Yeah. Choose your battles very carefully and sit there, take it in, you know, watch everybody else go crazy and make these bold statements about this and that and just watch and observe. And that doesn't mean you're giving in. That doesn't mean that you're conforming to society. You know, you're just choosing your time. Right, right, right. Hell yeah. That's deep right there. Um, so you read my article on pornography. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the uh, it's hotepnation.com. The title of the post is uh, banned porn, period. Uh, and some people took it as if I'm a governmental form of banning. Um, I'm basically anarchist, so I don't believe in having government, period. So when I say ban it... <clears throat> I mean, ban it culturally, mm -hmm. you know, where your friends would engage in it. You, you would just like it was anything else that was uncool. You would treat them the same way and say, oh, you, you, oh, that's what you do. Oh, yeah. Like, 
You know what I mean? Totally. Um, yeah. I think things need to be culturally shamed um, sometimes. Yeah, I can. I couldn't agree more. I am not a fan of censorship. I don't, and the government should not be messing with any of that. Right. I hate to say that. Um, and I don't. I'll. I'll be totally straightforward with you. I don't know if I would have said that a year ago, but um, there's an organization called Fight the New Drug, um, and they're they've got really good messages about challenging pornography and helping people come over the addiction and just choose better options for their life. And they're adamant that they are not against the pornography industry. They are not about banning it. And I was like, eh, why? Well, then I tried to run some ads on Facebook and my stuff got shut down. Censorship is all fun and games until it happens to you. Right. <laughs> and it's like a hit home is like, Oh, this is this is what it feels like. This is the other side of censorship is yeah. when somebody else gets to choose where my voice goes. Mm, uh-uh. Mm -hmm. Not having any of that. <laughs> yeah, animal farm all over again. Yeah. You, you know? can't you just can't count, you can't silence people. Yeah, it's very, very, very slippery slope. You know, even when they started banning, you know, white nationalists on Twitter, you know, and black people were celebrating. <clears throat> and I said, y'all don't celebrate, you next. <laughs> and what happened? Exactly. A whole bunch of people from black Twitter got banned. They're like, yo, what the fuck? These new Twitter rules, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, see, I told you. You thought that was just for a select group. No, your turn's coming, you know, around the corner. So, yeah, you know, I, totally. I, I spoke up. I said, nah, let the white nationalists say what they want to say, yo. You know, I've been in the Call of Duty uh, lobby before on PlayStation. It's no, I'm not worried about being called an N-word, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we can hang. I love that about you. You know, um, and it, it goes with religion as well. There's, you know, people have, um... <laughs> my daughter just walked in. I'm on a call, baby. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's it. <laughs> um, unless somebody's like queen. bleeding in the street, I'm, you're going to have to talk to me later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with religion as well. Sorry, I knew that was going to happen. It's all good. She's, she's wild and she's, uh, I knew it. Um, yeah, but with religion, you know, I, I support, I follow even like, I have like a satan, satanic, uh, he's like a sex educator at a university. I will wildly support his right to do like that is his religion because the moment I say no, or we like, I don't like, of course, do I like that? There's people that worship Satan. Like that doesn't feel good. There's like all kinds of other options, man. Right. <laughs> Follow the light, <laughs> but I'm not going to stop him and protesting. I love when people protest. Yeah. I love it. I don't care what you protest. Do it. Yeah. Everybody yeah. do. Cause as soon yeah. like that's our right. I used to pick up girls at protests. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice segue. <laughs> it was no, like, that's, you know what? That's a good way to find people, like to vet who somebody is and how, like how they believe, how, yeah. much, how strongly they believe at a bar. You know, not so much. Not so much. Yeah, like you know, you, you go to this protest, like we believe the same thing, right? We're so good. Like, yeah, we just love it first sight. <laughs> so, what what kind of protests? Uh, I used to go to um, like the Muslim, 
more like demonstrations and events, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I did Occupy Wall Street. Um, my friend, uh, Dwayne Henry was, uh, he handled communications for Occupy Wall Street when they were down in Zuccotti Park in Wall Street, New York City. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love it. <laughs> <man. Like. laughs> and I love the debate too. So, um, you know, I was down in debate. In fact, uh, Dinesh D'Souza has a clip of me in, uh, America, Imagine a World Without Her, where you see me in there, you know, uh, in the, mi- in the middle of a heated debate with somebody. And, um, you know, I got added to that clip. I remember signing that form. I should have asked for payment, but I remember signing that waiver, like, fuck it, take it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you were like, this is good. I want it back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. So how, how would you think, how would you go about this ban porn, banning it in a societal way, like a grassroots way? How do we make it uncool to watch porn or how do we make it? cool to not watch porn. So I would treat it just like uh, I tell people that want to eat better. You know, I don't yeah. say, I don't say uh, stop eating bad food. I would say start eating good food. So, you know, I would say start with breakfast. So you, you start off on the right foot instead of starting off with a bad habit. So I would like start off, you know, your morning with an apple, just start there, you know, and then we worry about the rest of the days later. But if you can get Monday down and Tuesday down and then now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm just starting to, you know, understand, you know, these different healthy foods that I like and, you know, exploring that. I would treat it the same exact way where it wouldn't, you, you would be so preoccupied with something so more important, you wouldn't have time for it. Yes. I think that, I think more than taking things away, what are you going to add to your life? And pornography is voyeurism. If you were sneaking over to your like neighbor's house and looking through the window, watching them have sex, that's not okay. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's, that's your, and people, you know, people are really defensive about their pornography. And I'm like, are. I'm like, you know, um, real sex is better. Just going to say. I said that Authentic, already. like connection and a real person is better. There's so many other things to do than and it, it, pornography is a place, actually sex in general, sexual intercourse or like the sexual experience is a place you go. Mm. Um, and especially pornography, it's, a, it's also a, a place, you know, in your mind, it's like a different state. Mm. And when you're, think about the people in those films and the things that are going on and that, that's where you're going. Like, do you, is that where you want to go? Yeah. You are, those your, are those your people? You 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 you, you got to see. My friend told me he. Um, I was about 20, 20 at the time, and I was actually uh, uh, hired to uh, build a website for a pornography company. Mm-hmm. And um, I contracted it out to this dude in Russia. And he did all the work. But um, my friend said he was there and watched him shoot porn. He was like, "Yo, it's the most disgusting thing ever." Because it's like you know they're, they're shooting and then they got to redo the shot, and then it's like they got this other girl that tries to get the guy hard, and it's like, he's like, "It's just like disgusting." It, it, just think of it like a, a, a coronavirus infestation zone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just really disgusting. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're you're completely on point with that thought. You know, I, I think about um, you know. I think about problems, I always think about opportunities and change, but uh, I, I, I don't I, I don't have time for a lot of foolishness in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
especially when I quit TV. You know, um, I feel like social media and TV are gateways to things like pornography. Yeah. Especially like social media. So, so let me, I want to ask you this now. Twitter will ban the white nationalists. They'll ban Farrakhan, ban all these people that they don't agree with. Um, uh, uh, well, Alex Jones. Me? What? Wait, what? <laughs> me? They banned me? <laughs> they banned you? Yeah, Facebook, all the social media sites. What? For eight months. What? See, I didn't know that. Yeah. Why? I was banned. Yeah. That, well, that's what I was saying is like, I, I was kind of open to the idea of like, maybe, yeah. So well, you censorship you is you fine. Like you got banned, banned for real. Banned, oh. banned. Like all my work was censored. Wow. I know. And that. you know, what's funny about it. I mean, I, this isn't, this isn't what fixed it, but I was like, I'm going to call Fox news and talk about how they're hiding pedophiles and supporting pedophiles. And the next day it got lifted and I was like, ah, shh. Listening, <laughs> I was like, more. I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this work for me. Um, that's, that's that more Karen power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I talk to the manager? Let me talk to the manager. Gonna get, gonna get my hair cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so so, you know, they ban all these people, but Twitter will not ban porn. Yeah. You know, like interesting, I, I, right? I Twitter share, doesn't. I, I, no, wait, wait. Twitter doesn't ban porn. So, do, can you find porn on Twitter site? Yeah, you're kidding. Easily. That's you know, like the OnlyFans women. I said something when I put my ban porn stance out there. They flooded my mentions with them like fornicating and masturbating, <laughs> all in my mentions. <laughs> this is what happened. Posting videos, like live videos, directly to me. Like, so, just from this, you were getting porn sent to you. Porn sent to me with links Dang. to their OnlyFans, using this as an opportunity to sell, to sex, to traffic their sex. Right. Yeah. And Twitter. Dang. So, so what do you do? You feel like the social media sites have been porn? That's 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 sticky, right? That's true. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I th I think I'm gonna have to say no. Okay. Because if they do, they can ban my stuff. Why? Because they can ban whatever the hell they want. Because it's just a it's just a slippery slope. It's just a domino effect, right? Yeah, it's a censorship is censorship, and it's like if if there's a difference between sexually abusing like with children and rape, and there's things like that that are crime. But like people having sex and pornography is not a crime, right? In some should we, you know uh should we not participate in platforms that allow it maybe that would be better you wouldn't be able to survive your iphone is connected to some pornography your yeah all of it connected, is connected to pornography no matter where you go your bank is connected to pornography somehow it's all connected yeah you know i, I feel like i feel like everybody should self-quarantine um, so self quarantine themselves from uh, the the media. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because we're knee deep in it right now. We're, we've quarantined ourselves from the, our communities, and we've sunken into this bat. Like it's like the Tower of Babel. You know, it's so much information. It really is. 
and we're being struck down right now. It's so much information. It's like the dark ages. They were mm. burning books back then. Now it's a fire hose of so much information. Nobody knows what's going on. It's the same darkness as it like not having the information, having too much. It's the same level of ignorance. Yeah. So here's my thing with banning porn on Twitter. It's banned on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Also, it disallows us. So, so here's 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 my my rule for society. Uh, if it can't exist for kids, it's not good. Mm. If it can't yeah. exist, if it can't exist to learn, it's not good. It's, it, that's meant for privacy. Mm -hmm. The learning apparatus of Twitter. It's, it's definitely a place where you can learn, exchange ideas and communicate. Facebook can be a place to learn. These places aren't places to learn, however. They're places to be brainwashed and sidetracked into people's agendas and so on and so forth. But I feel like that is like the thing you have to look for. Does it nurture life? Mm. Is, is what you're giving me a titty? Titties nurture life. Does it nurture life? Is it feminine in nature where it nurtures life? Or is it masculine where it kind of molds? Or is there a blend of the two? But these apparatuses must nurture life. And I think if it's not that, we need to take a close examination of it as a society and say, this is not good. Let's fix this. In China, you can't get Facebook and Google. I know. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the other, that's the other side of it. You look at the countries who have these bands, it's just su such extremes, but I'm with you. If we could create a, a community where it's like, Ooh, you're, you go to the dark side to do that. Like you don't bring that over here. I don't, we don't want anything to do with you. Like you're not of the light. Right. Right. If it's not of that, we can't associate ourselves with it. Um, that that's that's really um that's really you know my solution for a lot of stuff is like isolation you know um and isolation and focus um my old mentor used to say call it putting the blinders on you know it's like you have to have a goal and then you got to put the blinders on and you got to go yeah you know? so like i have trouble sleeping like i can't i have trouble falling asleep and I have trouble staying asleep so once i'm up i'm up you know what I mean? And it's hard to go down because, I yeah, I can't stop working. You know, like I'll get up and head back to the laptop and keep working, you know? So I have to tell myself like, nah, it's time to rest. We got to chill out, you know? So um, people need, people when people don't have, and I think pornography distracts us from these things, these things that we could focus on. Children are leaving school and they don't know what they want to be. <laughs> 16 years old. You've been on the planet 20 years. Oh yeah. They graduate. I've got stepkids that are 25. And we don't know what we want to be. And yeah. They get them, out of like college and they still don't know what they want to do. It's telling us what we can and cannot be. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny because a lot of people just thinking about the government and, you know, everybody feels like the government's got them down. Their parents have got them down. And then they, I have on the on the back of my phone really poorly written it says you can change the world or you can play with your phone and it's this constant reminder of you know this it's not you know it's not the government it's not anybody else it's me 
It's just this, like you go onto your phone and to check what time it is. And people who've got an addiction to porn, it's like, what do you not like? What's, what's it taking away from you? What's the price? The price is high for that free porn. Your life. Super high. And here's the other thing too, with the, the pornography, especially the free porn is you don't know if that person is there consensually, you know, mm. pornography and the sex trafficking industry are like two peas in a pod. Right. So somebody comes into the industry, uh, is sex trafficked. The first thing that they're going to do is shoot films with them because their bodies aren't damaged. They're not bruised. They're not hurt. And then after that, they will sell them. That's how mm. that goes. So mm. you don't know if you're watching a full on rape situation and you're, con you're contributing to sex trafficking and you're like, oh, it's free porn. No, 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 no. It's not free. People are paying, you're paying those, your eyes are funding the advertising that are going to craft Heinz put ads on Pornhub for Super Bowl. Yeah, you heard about Pornhub had all those uh, girls that were being sex trafficked, right? Yeah, and raped, like full-on rape films. And the girls were like trying to get them pulled off and they wouldn't do it until they got a lawyer. Wow. And in, in, in India, we look at other countries and we're like, oh, the atrocities, these horrible people in these other countries are doing these horrible things. But it's the same thing. But in India, they have a massive rape culture and you could go into any convenience store and they've got local girls that have been raped and there's videos and you can buy the videos of the local girls being raped. What? Where is this? Uh, India. What? Oh my God. But I don't know. Is that any worse than pornography? Like just cause they're not local. That's true. And you getting it for free. Yeah. It's anywhere. It's so. Yeah. You know, people's actions, in today's society affect a lot of people. We think, you know, like these, these phones, you know, they affect Africa, you know, people dying over these phones, dying over these laptop parts to get these luxuries. And then we take it and we piss it away and jerk off to these shits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody There's... died for you to jerk off. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's really we, crazy here's too. here's the other part about pornography that I have a real hard time with is so there's something called arousal non-concordance and Emily Nagoski and come as you are wrote about it but the study was done quite a while ago where they had men and women they were both tested of the blood flow to the genitals meaning you know they had an erection or vaginal wetness or whatever which would normally indicate that they were aroused and they would watch pornography. They had little buzzers that would say, I'm turned on by this, or you know, whenever they're turned on. Then they put the data together of what they said they, they were turned on by versus how their body was responding. So only 50% of the time were the men aroused physically and mentally at the same time. Mm. Only 50% of the time. And mm. for women, it's only 20% of the time. Mm. So what ends up happening is anytime you're watching anything sexual, it could be a rape scene. It could be anything where you're like, whoa, this isn't, I'm not into this at all. And your body will go, oh, there's something sexual happening, blood flow. Mm. So you're like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm kind of in, I must be kind of into this. I didn't mm. know I was into that. Mm. And you're watching 
porn and they mix sex, which you're going to have a body response to body goes, Oh, yep. Turned on by this or ready for this or whatever, even though you're not. And then it weaves in violence. Mm. And this is the tricky part is now you're like, Oh, this is, this is my thing. I like this violent, hardcore rape type or whatever the, whatever that situation unique. These are very unique situations that aren't going to happen in a regular human to human experience most of the time. Right. But you know where you can get that? Nowhere but pornography, nowhere yeah. but online, they've got you. They're like, this is who you are. Mm. And the only place in the whole world that's going to satisfy this for you is right here. You go out and do this in the real world, you know, it's illegal. They're going to lock you up. This is, this is where you are. This is who you are. A place to escape to. Yeah, it's a place to escape to. And it also defines you. And now you're like, oh, I'm this... I'm this guy or girl that's into this. This is who I am. Mm. And then the novelty needs to get higher and higher and more and more taboo to get that feeling, that initial shock feeling that they got when those two were meshed together. Mm -hmm. And that's when we lead into child pornography and pedophilia is that's the most extreme, that and bestiality and, you know, snuff films. Those are the most extreme, the most taboo. Mm. And you said what films? Snuff films? Snuff films. What's that? It's where they kill the person in it. What? Yeah. So there's like some underground films that you can buy where people are killed in them. What? Like like real life killing or they pretending they killed? Oh my Lord Jesus. But it's presented as them being killed. Right. As them actually being killed. Yeah. Lord, the devil is working. He's having he's having a party for she's having a party. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Lemoyne, nine ninety nine super chat. He said, "Who's up, Jesus? Make me try to change the world by playing with my phone." But he does tell my wife to take my phone away because I'm having too much fun changing the world. So I guess you have a point. Yeah, <laughs> you can use your phone to change the world. Yeah. Well, you can play with your phone, or you can work with your phone. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, a I thought- distraction or a tool. Yeah, I tell my kids all the time. I, 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 you know, when I do allow them to have an iPad, I ask them. I say, "How much money you made off the iPad?" They said, "No." I said, "I, said, I, said, I think I treat it's treating you bad." <laughs> that thing needs to be a cash machine. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got no money flowing yet. <laughs> um, damn. So earlier I mentioned maps. Somebody yeah. in that did correct me. It's minor attracted person. Hmm. So that's something to keep on your radar. Look for that. They call them maps. Um, there's also uh, a, a documentary out. Chat, help me. I, I put this documentary in our chat a little while back. I forget the name of it, but um, covering Pizzagate. Oh yeah, I saw. I saw that. You, did you see that? Yeah, you know, some of it was like a little bit convoluted for me. You know, there was some, they were making these like broad sweeping connections and, um, but there's no doubt in my mind. I, I, I'm all, I'm a skeptic on everything. Pizzagate made me a little bit skeptical. Um, you know, what scared me was bad baby. When he made the connection between the BHA. Oh yeah. And then bad baby, you know, that's the girl that was on, um, 
you know, catch me outside. How about that girl? Yeah. And she's a minor, mm-hmm. you know, presenting herself as a woman in hip hop. And mm-hmm. in fact, uh, Adrian Broner had an altercation where he approached her thinking she was of, of, of age and she put him on blast. So some people are thinking that she's there to kind of like set dudes up uh, for the whole, you know, like you said, sexual predator um, mm-hmm. type trap. Um, but that part stood out to me um, the most because when I saw that BHA, I'm like, hmm, maybe you guys got something here, you know? Yeah, no, there was there was definitely some stuff in there. I think when he was looking at the websites and it would lead to, um, you know, where it showed the young girls in the swimsuits. Mm-hmm. First, you know, if you went down a traditional road of looking at it and then you had this other keywords put in there, that kind of stuff. There, here's the deal. It is everywhere. This stuff is black mold. Mm-hmm. It is creeping underneath our floorboards. You don't know it's there until you get a whiff of it and you're like, hmm, something's going on. You pull up the boards and it's everywhere and it's in, so hard to get rid of. Mm. It's so hard. The victimization of children is um, historically... I mean, this stuff has been going on. Brooke Shields was 10 years, I think she was 10 years old when she was photographed for Playboy. 10? In print, in the in the magazine print. 10? 10, year, 10 years old, full, full nudity. Brooke Shields? Brooke Shields. Wow. Her I'm, parents I'm, should be locked up for that. How long will let that happen? Every, every, right? Like, like of all people who should have been like, absolutely not. Right. She was not protected. Mm. Sold it right to Hollywood. Yeah, at 10. And nobody stopped it. Nobody on that set. Nobody on that set. And it went to the publishers. It got printed out. <laughs> you know what I mean? On this, is it, you know, I mean, the internet, anybody can post anything. I can see how easy because there's a, such a minimum barrier. But back in the day, you got to go through a lot to publish something. Yeah. Damn. I know. So it's it's just um, it's a lot. How old is this industry? Ooh, pornography. Yeah, I think it it's, it took off in like the eighties, right? Now, are we talking? I just looked the I just looked this up. Um, are we talking? Eighteen forty two, pornography means an ancient obscene painting, especially in the temples of Bacchus, is depicting this, uh, pro- prostitutes. What country is this? Austria, France, Germany? Um, let's see. A brothel in ancient Greece. Greek, in ancient Greek? Well, I know the ancient Greeks, so they was getting nasty, nasty. Oh, yeah. They were all... Um, that was the original um. Romans. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it, it first started with like photo, like painting. Right. Uh, pornography. And novels and. Um, and plays. You know, um, erotica, there's a difference. There's a difference between erotica and pornography. And erotica has been going on for a long time too. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a film done by Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go like deep into the recesses in my mind here. There's one particular film that he did that switched it over and that became where became pornography as we know it now. 
Mm. Mm. Andy Warhol. Yeah, somebody in the chat, dig dig that up. <laughs> somebody going, no, I promise you. Somebody yeah. said Bacchus, the Greek god. Do you remember, yeah. you know, well, you're from Colorado, but do you know, you might know historically when all of Times Square was pornography. Do you remember that? No. Okay, so. Are you talking about like Naked Cowboy? Nah. <laughs> Naked, Naked Cowboy is <laughs> no. like Disney compared to what was going on. <laughs> That you you would go in and they have like peep shows, um, and XXX. You'd see it all down the street, all down the street, and you'd go in and there, you know, you'd put your money in and there'd be a girl on the other side of the window that would, you know, do whatever, whatever, and you paid per minute, and um, and then they had the uh, VHS tapes and you know so on and so forth. Oh, okay. But New York City, like that whole Times Square, like which now is like tourist. Oh, that really? whole strip was all pornography. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, go look up that history of that New York. And then um, Mayor, damn, I can't, it's slipping my, was it Giuliani? I want to say Giuliani came in and cleaned that whole thing out. You know, and now huh. and, and, and now you'll see a couple of strip clubs, you know, that are really discreet near Times Square. But other than that, yeah, man, that whole thing was... You know, I want to say the 80s is where it, blew it up, where it blew up. There's a documentary on Netflix. My shorty was watching it and um, pretty interesting about the girls in pornography. Did you see it? No. Yeah, it's, it's one on, on Netflix now when they're just talking about um, it. it made, you made me think of that when you said you saw that thing in that girl's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but these girls are talking about some of that hurt and pain, but they're talking about how the industry got started, how it's different now. You know, back in those days, you got paid noodles. And, you know, um, like you said, you could be in situations you didn't want to be in. You know, guys took advantage of you. Um, and, you know, you didn't own your material. You didn't get the royalties. So there's also like a business exploitation of women in pornography. So what's your, I mean, what's your take on prostitutes and prostitution? Oh, um, everything, everything outside of marital sex or, you know, uh, monogamous sex should be forbidden. Like, why are y'all out here just doing this nasty, nasty stuff? Go get a job, you know, go get a hobby, you know, go learn to paint, do something with your time. You know, you out here, you know, humping on horse, but at the same time, you know, um, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, we we need, that's why I like Vegas. Like, I love that Vegas exists, right? You want to do something wild and crazy? Go do that shit in Vegas. Leave the rest of us alone. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if you want to get into certain types of behavior, there should be an island where you can go for that. Like, right. they do this there. But where people are trying to, like, raise their family, like, Nah, chill. <laughs> can we can we get a break from it all? Yeah. You know? So you're not you you're not against it existing. You just don't want Right. Well, you're I, you're I, I, uh, I, I, like I said, I'm an anarchist. Like if you want to sell your put I'm sorry, you want to sell your VJJ, then <laughs> hey, you know, that's yours. I think you got every right to sell that thing. If you could sell it at a good price, sell it. You know, that's on you. I'm still judging you as an individual. <laughs> There's all kinds of sweeping judgment going on, right? Yeah, you know, like I don't want my children near you. You know, yeah. Um, uh, not to say you can't be a good person either, because 
I, you know, some of the best women I've ever met intellectually were strippers. Yeah, you know, um, you remember the movie Juno? No, I've never seen that. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a good movie. But the gal who wrote it, it's really clever, um, was a stripper. And I think she went to law school and she was paying her way through law school stripping. And I think that was actually one of the things that made me feel okay about doing this stuff with Playboy is I was like, I, gosh, what was her name? It's like Wolfgang, something, something she's got a, a stage name like that. Mm. And I'm like, she, she used it to like lift herself up in society and she was playing the game. She's like, yeah, right. I'm going to get up here and dance and I'm going to make a bunch of money and I'm going to become a lawyer and a screenwriter and I'm going to do all these great things. Watch mm. me. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Right. But that's rare. Those are unicorns. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's very rare you're gonna have somebody to do that. Absolutely, and you know, more power to her. You know, if you can come out here and get it, like I'm a very, I'm a believer in free will. Like at the individual level, do whatever the hell you want. You know, as long as it doesn't yeah. affect everybody else. You know, but you know, I, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm actually not one to judge women that deal in the 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 business sex, because sex work. Yeah, yeah, because um, you know, I've. I'll be honest with you. Strippers gravitate towards me. I think it's because I treat them like normal people, <laughs> like you know, right? Um, but it's like cats when you ignore them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So they, you know, like, but they, I've, I've, I've found that they're, they're very intelligent. They're good-hearted people. They're not much. They're actually probably better girlfriends than the average chick. They're probably less of a whore than the average chick too. The average chick can give them away the pussy for free. At least she's selling hers. You know what I mean? So right. it's like <laughs> she might be a little bit smarter. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, you know, if you're gonna be a whore, at least get paid. You know, I might I don't know if I'm truth wrong. Truth bombs, dropping massive truth bombs. <laughs> Am I wrong in saying that though? I don't know. Like what like what's what's cheaper than a free whore? Like that's really bad. Like at least you have to get compensated for your time. It's work. Right. right. Well, you know, um, I was actually listening to one of the shows that, on Jason Stapleton and he was talking, I think it was like a renegade's history of the United States. I don't know if you caught that one. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how you, the United States used to be like the true history of what happened. It wasn't this like puritanical, um, religious, you know, upperly mobile kind of system that people led us to believe they were like pirates and like it was rough right. and there was there were enough pubs and bars for every single human being to be in there getting drunk and there was on average they would drink a pint of hard alcohol a day and they would drink on the job and they drink but the women who owned businesses which a lot of them did they would take off and leave their husbands and they'd start brothels and bars and it was like a period of time where women had a ton of control and owned a lot of the businesses mm. and made, a, I don't know about the majority, but made a significant amount of money doing mm. those things. Mm. So we talk about like the roots of our country, how we really came up wasn't this like puritanical, we're going to grow cabbage and, you know, kill the Indians. And wait, where is this? Where is this thing happening? Um, this is America, like when they first Do you founded what, America. 
It sounds like something happened in Virginia. That sounds like some Virginia. Well, I know. Sound, it, you know what? New Orleans. Like the history of New Orleans. Oh, yeah, goes New Orleans. Deep. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know. What geographic. would I do to find out more information? Um, the guy, he, the author, I think it's called the history, uh, Renegade's History of Renegade the United history. States. He actually has an online course and he was on Jason Stapleton's show a couple episodes ago. Um, I don't think that was happening in Utah. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, they definitely happened in Utah. Utah. <laughs> Maybe, uh, I don't know, New York, Massachusetts, Boston. Yeah. Oh. New Orleans, Florida. Right, right. The so coast. I want I want I want I want to put this thought on your mind and tell me what you think, right? So like I said, I don't judge. I, I technically don't judge people on an individual level because I'm like they could, you know, it, like it's it. I, I here's what I here's when I was a kid. This is what I thought. I thought women had so much privilege. I was like, yo, I wish I was a girl. Like I really wish I was a girl. Like they got it easy, you know. Like I just felt like they had it easy. And I said, if I was a woman, I'd be a stripper, but I'd be a virgin. I wouldn't give it to nobody. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, that, that's what I thought as a kid. I'm like, just makes sense. Like, oh yeah, just throw money at you, really? Like dudes do that? Like, wow, that's wild. So now when I think about, when I think about this this problem, I think about competition. Really, it's just competition we're talking about. I'm, I'm a business guy, so I think in markets and competition. So pornography is actually a competitor. So if, if I wanna move people into investing, I'm actually competing with time, you know? So- mm -hmm. What I yeah. want to do is I want to just occupy so much time that pornography doesn't have time amongst mm -hmm. a larger audience. And that's really the game we're playing. So it's like, I'll look at the whore and be like, yo, what's up? Like, we cool, you know, whatever, whatever. I'll look at the stripper and say, yo, we cool, whatever, whatever. I respect your hustle. I respect your gangster. I respect you as a person. I'm not hating on you. You know, I don't like what you do. So I'm going to compete against you. Mm-hmm. By showing people, this is what we should be doing with our lives instead of that. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so also, what, I think men would get laid more too. If they didn't watch pornography? Yeah. I mean, women are attracted to men that are driven and like moving and shaking and grooving. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like jacking off in your basement's not hot. Let's it's be honest. <laughs> hey, check this out too. So a lot of young men are having, well, I mean, they're seeing this like increase of younger men coming into clinics saying that they're having a hard time getting erections because they're masturbating to pornography and it, they're having erectile dysfunction. Whacking off too much. You don't whack your that's, loins off too much, man. You ain't got no juice left. That's embarrassing. Scarface said, all I got is my, war my words and my balls and I don't break them for nobody. <laughs> That's what Scarface said. You ever saw that movie Scarface? No. Nope. Oh, really? I know. I it's know. Classic. It's a classic hood. It's a classic hood movie. You know, it's not a hood movie, but it's a Cuban hood movie. Movie technically. Um, all yeah. kinds of hood. <laughs> There's yeah. all kinds of hoods. Yeah. Um, right on. Yeah. Was, you know. Yeah. You know. Like, I, I always took that literally. You know, my balls. Like, how you gonna break your balls? Now you, that's, that's what that means. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's how you break your balls. Man, I said it on Rogan. I don't know if you saw my interview on Rogan. No, I didn't. 
Yeah, go check that out. Okay, told, good. Yeah, I told Rogan, porn's bad, yo. We can't be out here whacking off, bro. You yeah, know? how did he respond to that? He was, he, he was cool. He was he was receptive to it, you know. Um, he you know he, you know, he seemed like he was cool with porn, right? At first, he was yeah, like, oh, you I know. think so. Yeah, I've heard him say a few things where I'm like, eh. You yeah. know, he made it seem like I, I, at first he seemed like, like it was kind of caught off guard. Like, really? You don't fuck with porn? Like, that's not cool. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not cool. You know, jerking off. And But I, what I said was, I said, a, a orgasm with a woman is never the same as when you by yourself. Yeah. You know? And plus it's con consumption. It's like you were talking about like eating good food. You know, what goes, what goes in is what you're made of. And um, yeah, watch what you consume for sure. When you when you when you get pornography, you get a glitch. You get a glitch nut. A glitch nut. A glitch nut. You know, it's like uh, it's not a full nut. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. It's, it's a glitch. It's just like it, it happened uh, because of some something biological. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> right. It's not a spiritual connection. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. It wasn't. It was. Ha it was half-ass. It was very half-ass. Mechanical. Very mechanical. Right. Right. Right on, man. I think we've covered a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wonderful conversation. I appreciate you for coming through. Um, tell people your website address again. It's howtoraiseamaverick.com. and that's my podcast. And you can connect with me. Uh, send me emails, send me your thoughts. Then um, also the podcast, anywhere you can find podcasts. I have some abuse prevention courses that I teach. I use analogies found in nature to teach kids about predators. And uh, I teach a lot about how to combat that social grooming that we, you know, and also pornography, obviously. Mm. All that, all that good stuff. Dope, dope. Well, I'm Hotep <laughs> Jesus, and I have this thing called um, Maw, M A W. Are you familiar with it? No. Uh, uh, M A W W is middle aged white women, and what I say is, is that me? Yes, that is you. You are, <laughs> you are the ultimate Maw. But is that I like a Karen? <laughs> well, it's different from the Karen. You see, there's, there's definitely some. Um, Connection on the Venn diagram, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's some overlap there. I'm gonna talk to the. I'm gonna talk to the manager. Yeah, but that's the power you guys have. If anybody's gonna save, if save the world, it's y'all, and you got my 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 back in 100. percent Nice, good. I'm out trying to change the world. <laughs> that's what's up. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Hell yeah. Anytime you want, come back. Let me know. Just hit me. You got all my contact information. I'd love to have you back. Shout out to the chat. Matt, Matthew Everson says Thaddeus Russell is his name, Renegade University. Well, yes. we're going to check out his work. No, you're going to love it. I am going to check that out. That's That sounds like his, required material. So his uh, family, were they were perfection, uh, professional Marxists mm. in California. I don't know, in California, but that's what they did professionally is to have these jobs to progress the Marxist movement. Really? Oh, and he, I, uh, was he at Harvard? I don't know, in one of the Ivy League schools, and he just kind of had an awakening and started questioning things, and he basically got fired for his um, presentation of history. And I'm like, oh, this is good. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. So it's very contradictory to what, our perception or what we've been taught the American history. I think uh, 
history, um, American history. The people. Uh, it's the history of the United States for a united people or something like that. Yeah. I totally jumbled that up is also a good one where it just skews it and goes, Oh, if you look at it this way, um, on all kind of, on all, I would love, I'll, I'll send you a link. I want to see what, what you have to say about it. Send it to me. I'm gonna devour it. Yeah. Especially from a black perspective, I have no, nowhere to talk about any of that. And I think he, he talks about slavery and different things. So, um, yeah, I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. I think I read that one. I know what you're talking about. I think I read that. It's called The People's History of America. Yeah. I think, yeah, or something for United Peoples or something. Anyways, yeah. And was it like that where it was like conflicting information where you were like- Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, ain't nobody tell me this in high school. Yes. You know, it was it was that type of book. Let me, before you go, let me just try and see if I can pull it up. This was written by a dude by the name of- um, Oh man, hold on. Let me go to the beginning here. My bad. Let's see if I can find it too. We need our we need a, assistance. Where? Um, right. I need I need me a sister like Rogan. <laughs> um, Howard Zinn. Is that's not the author, is it? I think it is. A people's history. Yes, a people's history of the United States. By Howard Zinn? Yes. That's Is that it. it? Yeah. Yeah, I read it's that. The historians may well view it as a step towards a coherent new version of American history. So yeah, it's like the history of America that you you weren't taught in school. Huge yeah. wake up call. It's good. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you. All Appreciate right. You. Best luck. Everybody, this is another Uncomfortable Conversation. Stay right here on the channel. I'll be back. In about 30 minutes, we got the black conservatives. We're going to be talking about Amar Arbery, shootings, race relations, black conservatism, Republicans. Oh, it's going to be wild. Shots might get fired. You never know what's going to happen. So make sure y'all stay tuned, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Emily, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Honored to be here.